The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Welcome back to another episode of the Ebony's and the Ivory podcast. This is one of your hosts, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Bell. How's it going? It's going well. Hi, everybody. We're on episode nine. We're so excited. Yay. It's crazy. We're almost to 10. We're almost to double digits. No. <laughs> well, as always, we appreciate you all for tuning in. Um, if you're listening, you probably have already subscribed, but if you haven't, make sure that you do, whether that's on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Um, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram and Facebook is at Ebony's in the Ivory, and on Twitter, we're at Ebbs in the Ivory. Um, and you can also check out all of that um, combined on our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. So you can check us out on your laptops, your phones, your tablets, everywhere. Take us with you um, and make sure you check out all of the ways to connect with us. So we're going to jump into this week's topic. Yes, so this week's topic is in reference to our blog from what will be last week. So the topic is when success tastes stressful. So I kind of came across this topic when I was listening to uh, one of my podcasts by Bishop T.D. Jakes. And the title of the the sermon that he was preaching was called um, Your Opposition is Your Opportunity. So, you know, he was talking about um, how to deal with how to deal with success and chase success. And he posed a question that really resonated with me. He said, what do you do when your success tastes stressful? And I was like, "Hmm, I never, you know, I know that it happens, but I never thought about it like that. And then he went on to say um, that your success will taste stressful because your opportunities come wrapped in opposition. And I immediately thought about pretty much my last most stressful um, situation (laughs) which was the doctoral process um as far as like high level stress um so I know we often have heard the phrase you know that success tastes sweet or it's a sweet test taste of success um but I was thinking you know what do we do when Mm -hmm. success tastes stressful and it's inevitable um that we'll get to a point when we're you know being excellent and um pursuing our our dreams and our goals that will get stressed um that's kind of what highly motivated people have to juggle and deal with um throughout whatever journey they're taking um so 
I kind of thought about it. Like, I'm a school counselor, so we just kind of um, acknowledged and um, kind of made aware um, National Suicide Prevention Month in our school, Mm -hmm. um, which is the month of September. Um, So we're coming off the heels of that and going into um, Anti-Bullying Prevention Month Mm -hmm. um, and all the stress that comes along with suicide and bullying and all those things. And I thought about it in... um, I thought about, you know, how schools implement, especially colleges and universities, implement a fall break or a fall holiday around this time. So Mm -hmm. I know I think LSU's is coming up this week, correct? Yep, Thursday and Friday, yep. You sound real excited. I am very Uh, excited. (laughs) Even though I have to be at work, it's okay. Like, you know, the students get off, so that makes work more fun. (laughs) Exactly. And I remember, like, I don't think it was implemented my freshman year at LSU, but Mm -hmm. I think you know, sophomore, junior, senior, I think they implemented in sophomore year because it was just, you know, you're coming into a new academic year. The last break that you have is in for Labor Day, you know, mm-hmm. the beginning of September, and you have to go pretty much from Labor Day to November 25th. To Thanksgiving, yeah. Yeah, Thanksgiving. And then you only get, what, three days for Thanksgiving in mm-hmm. college? The students, yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. You're so salty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, correct. Correct. You have salty undertones. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, that's that's a long time Mm -hmm. to go and have to, you know, go to all your, have, you know, taking 12, 15, however many hours you're taking, going to school every day, probably working every day. Um, So whether you're an undergrad, grad, whatever, that's just, that's a long time to go without a break. So, you know, I kind of read up on it and as to why, um, you know, colleges and start implementing that time and give students a break to give students a holiday to help them refresh and reset because um, this time of year is just, it's, it's very stressful and in some regions this is when it gets cold outside not here clearly um, yeah. still like 90 degrees yeah. in Texas and Louisiana <laughs> um, but you know the sun is going down sooner and mm-hmm. you get you know um, it's colder and you're staying inside more and you know this is around the time that you see depression kind of heightening because of the winter months coming in. Yeah. So it's just a good deal um, for, you know, college students, doctoral students, whatever, to have a break. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to talk about today um, how we can counteract some of the frenzy and stress associated with, you know, gearing up at work or gearing up um, at school. Yeah. So I was looking at... Um, Inc.com, mm-hmm. um, and we, I, I, I see we're using them a lot. They must have like really good things to say because yeah. I know you pulled something. I did too. Oh. Yeah. yeah, like the salary negotiation stuff. They yeah. have great resource. They're a great resource. They are. So I, they talk about um, seven daily rituals that successful people use to de-stress and stay productive. And I was kind of looking at this, and I realized how important it was um, because there were a lot of articles about what highly, highly stress articles about you know from um Forbes list or business insider about you know what Bill Gates does or what Mm -hmm. Sheryl Sandberg does or Warren Buffett or Tim Cook or um so it's very important um that people who are highly motivated and highly successful use stress you know not only to their benefit but also use it to remain productive um and not be burnt out yeah so the first um, ritual that they point out is to 
set your boundaries. And they say, you know, we're so used to being available for 24 hours. Like we have our phones in our hands all the time. Um, it's easy to reply to emails. It's easy to just be accessible. So they say that the answer to develop work-life balance is to form a boundary. So whether that means like turning your phone off by eight or not um, answering emails after a certain time or mm-hmm. not letting family time be interrupted, um, they say that that's one way to um, set a ritual in order to de-stress. Their second um, suggestion is to claim your calm. So when we're so used to like multitasking and rushing and they say even like our breathing gets rushed Mm -hmm. and it kind of affects our body in a negative way. So even just taking time to like inhale and Mm -hmm. exhale really like helps our bodies calm down. Um, and it helps us be more productive, you know, more brain, more oxygen is rushing, you know, coming to our brain so we can be able to think clearly and mm-hmm. um, our body will respond to, you know, decreasing stress through our breathing. Their third ritual is to engage in mindful meditation. Have you ever used the Calm app, Dr. Poole? I've never used the Calm app, but I've heard about it. I think I've also, in some ways, probably recommended people go look for it. Um, yes. But I know that it has, like, super cool, like, mindfulness, deep breathing, like, muscle relaxation things all within it. So I heard it's a super, super good resource. It's, like, like it's super cool. Like, I use it with my students who come into my office mm-hmm. experiencing, like, anxiety or panic attacks. And, like, I'm just like, okay, let's just sit here. So I, I have it on my phone. Um, I encourage them to download it to the free version. No, not the, not the $60 year <laughs> There is a free version, so right. don't get caught up. Um, but it's amazing because you can choose, you know, what voice calms you and soothes you the most. Like you said, mindfulness, meditation, they show you, like, on the screen, like, when you're breathing in and out, like, how that kind of looks as far as, like, I think you can use, like, ripples or whatever, whatever calms you. It's very, very um, innovative, and it's very helpful um, with anxiety and de-stress, and so I use that with my students all the time. Um, But Ink says that those who meditate report that they experience more happiness less anxiety and greater feelings of connection and purpose um and then they find that meditation is connected or can be connected to our our ability to fight illnesses the fourth ritual is to do less but be more so i think as we all pursue excellence and success Mm -hmm. we feel like if we're not busy if we're not doing something at this moment then we're not being productive but Inc. says, Inc.com says that we are human beings first. And multitasking and overwork lead to anxiety, depression, and other difficulties. So it's important to guide ourselves towards a slower pace and to be organized so that we don't have to rush and we don't have to um, feel like we're overworked or we have to hit this deadline and this deadline and this deadline yeah. at a certain time. So to, like, I guess weed out procrastination and then um, having to you know, catch up at the end, like planning and mm-hmm. planning time for self-care. So that's kind of a buzzword. Self-care is kind of a buzzword yeah. um, out right now, but it's really important that you do have to, you do need to plan yes. time for self-care into your agenda, into your schedule. 
Yes, and not procrastinate. That is a word for me today. Me too, child. Me too, because I we'll talk about that in a minute, how we procrastinated during this stage. Oh, process. my God, like, yes. We're going to be real transparent. Yeah. But I, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then to get up and move around. So we all know exercise is important, but it's so hard to fit in. Mm-hmm. We have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have kids, or you might you know, have other obligations outside of work. Um, it's just hard. Yeah. It's hard to to get it in. Um, but they say when you walk briskly or do other forms of exercise, your body, of course, releases neurotransmitters and endorphins and all that good stuff mm-hmm. that leads to improved mood and a greater sense of well-being. And it increases circulation to the brain, which, of course, again, helps us to think through things calmly and rationally. And even a 15-minute um, walk um, brings a host of benefits. So it's very important to get up and walk or do something for 15 minutes, which is something that I need to be mindful of myself. <laughs> um, and then number six, sleep is a must. So you know if you don't go to sleep, you're not going to be productive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as we get older, like we need our sleep. Like we can't fly like we in college like it's just your whole day is ruined if you don't get yeah enough sleep yeah um i feel like you so, go backwards like you know like when you're a baby you need a lot of sleep because everything's right. like developing and growing then you hit you know where you're just like a yeah. young person and yeah. you feel like you're like invincible so like you said even in college where you're just like staying up to whatever time and then you just wake up and go to class or wake up and do whatever right. That just does not work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Like even like when I think about some of the nights where I didn't get as much sleep, mm-hmm. writing my dissertation, I couldn't. Like that was only two years ago. I couldn't do that now, though. No, I would. Like, I think I, I would pass that. out, and I think I have. I think I've tried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like I know we used to pull all nighters all the time in college to study because we procrastinated mm-hmm. and we would be up all night in Middleton just chilling laughing and studying <laughs> and not you know not sleep for 24 hours and it was fine mm-hmm. and I could never do that now mm-hmm. um but Inc.com says um a sleep deficit causes all sorts of negative effects in our bodies from an increased risk of a stroke or heart attack or heart attack to weight gain and on the other hand, good sleep provides you with better emotional regulation, stronger immunity, and more energy. So they recommend to shut off the screens. Mm-hmm. That is also a problem. <laughs> and create a restful place for yourself to recharge. And then lastly, um, is to take control of your life. So just outlining or knowing what you need to accomplish your goals and making sure that you make it happen, mm-hmm. that you get it um and then making sure you, again, take time for self-care, to unwind, to de-stress, and to switch off. Um, and they just remind that, you know, every day we have a choice as mm-hmm. to whether we're going to use stress um, for our benefit or we're going to let it derail us. Um, so, again, they just recommend to, you know, take advantage of the seven simple rituals that they've given so that, you know, one is able to reactivate energy. So my question to you, Dr. Poole, is how do you handle stress on a daily basis? Oh, my gosh. Sometimes well, sometimes not. But what that looks like tangibly is, I mean, some of the tips, I think, for sure, are the rituals, like, are definitely things that I do. Um, 
you do have to take time to kind of like just turn things off for a little bit. So really like the last tip with like taking control of your life. Um, since we finished like our dissertation, I have been very intentional about like just my time and my energy and what I put it into so that it's meaningful, but also like I put a limit on it so that I can be, you know, renewed and refreshed to, to keep going the next day or for the next task. And while it's hard sometimes, because in most cases, particularly because I mean, we're a lot of people who are listening are either in the doctoral process or thinking about it. You often um, are people who are highly motivated, um, maybe perfectionist. And, you know, that's really difficult to kind of just put to the side sometimes because you feel like now is my chance. I got to get this done. And um, sometimes, though, you're not even producing your best work if you don't learn to kind of take control of that. Um, I think other stressors. So just like, you know, day to day things that happen, things go wrong. Um, you get crazy calls and emails about your dissertation or you're scheduling your defense date or just things, stressors that come up, um, you need to have an outlet. So for some people, the outlet is like going home and like watching Netflix till they fall asleep. Uh, for other people that is exercising and like getting out of the house, um, having some sort of like physical outlet where they can release that physical energy that they need to, um, So, I mean, for me, it's probably a combination of all those things. I like to be able to, like, shut off, but I also like to disengage from, like, whatever my routine is or, like, my work is. Um, And so as a mental health professional, like, sometimes just checking out, and I know probably my family and friends may hate it, but I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about what's going on in your life, (laughs) like, in that way, you know, in that way. So, like, my advice to them will not be like Dr. Poole's advice, it'll just be Lakeitha's advice and it might be very right. short and to the point and kind of like, you know, don't call him back or, you know, like, or whatever. Yeah. It's going to be very, um, very straightforward. And and I think that's just on purpose because I need to sort of like salvage my brain for the next day yes. where I'm getting, yeah. you know, I'm actually like invested in sort of these people's young people's in my case lives that I'm trying to make sure you know they make good choices of their own and so yeah yeah just disengaging a little bit and finding my own outlet um you know I'm a city girl so I love like getting out of Baton Rouge and going to festivals and just kind of checking out for a little bit um so travel for me too is like a good way to de-stress um yeah yeah I think for me um I try to disengage, um, so I might like get off social media for a second. Yeah, you go, um, you, you go ghost. Know, like, I, you be going ghost sometimes. I do go ghost. Um, <laughs> I haven't been on Instagram all week because that's just what I do. <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter in like a couple months, um, just because I kind of use that time that I would spend like scrolling to like read or like pray or spend time with my husband or go to sleep, watch Netflix. Um, I tend to try to disengage if I'm feeling stressed and kind of, I mean, I'm an introvert. We both are. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I definitely have to find time to recharge in some way or another. Um, I also, when possible, it's definitely not always possible, but as far as work is concerned, like I will try my best to leave my work at work. Now, like I said, that does not happen all the time. Yeah. Um, but I try as best I can to be intentional about it because 
when you're a mental health professional, like you said, you're you're kind of hearing other people's issues and trying to help other people work through things. And it does take an emotional and mental toll on you. So um, even if I can't leave my work at work and I have mm-hmm. to take it home, I try to leave um, the energy that it takes to process those things. Like, mm-hmm. I try not to take that home with me if that makes sense yeah um and I try to kind of shut that part of my brain off while I'm at home Mm -hmm. um as best I can so that's kind of what I do um to de-stress read pray like I said I might listen to some podcasts um hang out with my husband Mm -hmm. watch movies or I'll watch him watch sports because I'm not really in all that um but yeah so, how did you handle stress during the doctoral process? Um, you brought me lots of snowballs when we I had did. to write. Um, yes, food, which I mean can be like really comforting, but also you have to be careful. <laughs> like you don't eat because I also visited Cheesecake Bistro. I was lot. just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> You got your crawfish ravioli. Yes. Oh my god. So, so, um, so yeah. I mean, those are things that were like comforts, of course. But I think the actual process, you know, whether it was writing or preparing for like proposal defense or or dissertation defense, um, or even comps, like just trying to get ready for that. Yeah. Um, just finding like, and I think this was one of the kind of tips too, was like, you know trying to get organized like just trying to make sure I was like aware of when the dates were that I needed to know um and putting those down so that they were there and that they were visible um being able to make room for errors so like if you know I was needing feedback from my committee I knew I couldn't send it to them the night before and expect them to get it right back to me. And so I guess that's about organizing, too, and not procrastinating. But um, those were, like, you know, more task-oriented ways, I guess, of, like, decreasing or managing stress. Um, Obviously, the food was more of, like, the comfort way. And then I think kind of just, like, how I would handle everyday stress was to sometimes check out. Like, there were days where we would write, and then I would go home and say I was going to write a little bit more. And, um, you know, yeah, and I would get to the kitchen table, and I would, like, set up all my stuff and, like, be ready. And then I'm like, I have nothing to say. Like, I'm like, my brain is, like, dead for the day. And I would have to, like, you know, be honest with myself and be like, is it worth you sitting here for another hour trying to get another sentence out? Or go to bed so that you can get re-energized and just try right. again tomorrow. You know, like, being able to just almost do, like, you know, the pros and cons um, of some of your decisions, too, helps in the doctoral process. Because it is such a individual journey that you have to be... Um, you have to like be thoughtful for yourself, kind and of. And be in tune with yourself. Yeah, like with your what body. You know you can do. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like you have to know what you're capable of and what on that day might not might not work. So, right. I think just any of those, the combination of those things, obviously, it obviously worked because we got finished. But yeah. um, 
it definitely was a process to even figure out. Like we didn't, we've never done it before and won't right. again. Um, but thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the fact that, you know, you just don't, you don't know what you need until you do. And so going through that process was, you know, that's how we found our routine where like, you know, Dr. Bell will call and be like, Hey, what flavor snowball do you want? Cause that was a way for us to like one, keep ourselves motivated, but also then to know, okay, well, it's like an accountability thing to know that, okay, I have this like lovely cooling treat on the way. So that's going to be, you know, your motivation to get you going through these like two hours or however long, um, just to get it, get it done. And then I think one other thing that I forgot is like, and I think we've talked about this both through the podcast, the blog is like, you know, keeping people around you who are definitely like outlets or sources of release of stress. So we talked about how um, Dr. Shonda Allen Mitchell would come and do like Motivational Monday. And like, even though she couldn't like physically maybe remove the stress, her talks would help me to then at least feel, um, you know, more motivated to try to like get things going on a week that I knew was going to be tough or that was already tough. Um, And so for me, that definitely helped the process to feel manageable on those days where I just really did not have the energy yeah agreed with all of that Mm -hmm. I would say for me um I had a because our timeline was what it was um we had much time to do we needed to do (laughs) um so that means that everything had to be cut out in a sense so Mm -hmm. like we've said before numerous times we didn't really hang out with friends that much we didn't really go anywhere we didn't go to events or Zoom mm-hmm. ball or whatever. Mm. Um, so I made sure that I spent like one day a week watching like my favorite TV show. And we talk about this mm-hmm. um, at the time. What was the show? Why did, not Why Did I Get Married, but it's a Tyler Perry movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of the show? What show? The show where they get married, and married at first sight. Oh, married at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. So that used to come on when Tuesdays or Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So like I would watch it with my friends. Like they knew, okay, come over on Thursday. This mm-hmm. is the show that we're gonna watch. So that was my time to just completely forget about dissertation. Yeah. And to like just mindlessly like watch this show, and yeah. then we would debrief about it mm-hmm. for like an hour. Like, mm-hmm. what happened? Who was being stupid? Why somebody, <laughs> like, why we thought somebody's marriage wasn't going to work? Um, <laughs> so we would, so like two hours, basically, on right. like whatever day the show came on. Right. So that really helped me to just, like you said, shut my brain off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it was <sighs> Empire. Empire and like Scandal, like, single handedly carried me through. <laughs> <laughs> through you know, yeah. and mine was my day was Saturday so that would be okay. I would, even though I would write on those days what I would always do on Saturdays would be to get up and I would make myself breakfast um like whatever whatever I wanted whatever I woke up wanting um so bacon yeah. pancakes or cereal or grits whatever make yeah. that sit at my kitchen table and eat while watching the episodes from the week like during the week that I had yeah. missed like I would watch them on demand and then I would you know watch both of those shows so that's two hours and then get dressed and go to the library and so that for yeah. me was like my like reset kind of from everything that I had done that week but then also 
allowed me to get back to it, even though I hadn't even taken basically like a full day off. And sometimes we would take Fridays, like, and we might, you and I might go to like, um, you know, happy hour or something like that, which was, you know, definitely, we would take Fridays off a lot. Um, And that helped too, because it just got you, it gave you a point to get to in the week. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing I also did, it's pretty weird. My husband still asks me about this because I still watch this movie, but every night, so, you know, HBO picks a movie or movies that they'll show, like, for the month, for the two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Blended with Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. and Adam Sandler every single night. Like, legit, every single night. And, like, that was my time. I had knew, like, by the time this dissertation process was over, like, I could, like, quote the movie. <laughs> um, because that was also my time. Like, I went to sleep watching that movie every night. Mm-hmm. That was also kind of a ritual. Yeah. For me. I tried to do the workout thing. It didn't really work um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would try to hit some push ups like before I went to sleep. <laughs> oh my God. It me. wasn't really, you know, <laughs> that, that didn't do it for me. No. Um, but some people that does, you know, helps you de stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but those kind of rituals. And then, like, I guess on a daily basis, um, because I can be a procrastinator sometimes, what gets me through is like keeping my eyes on the prize. So even just thinking about like walking across the stage, like gave me a sense of euphoria and kind of helped manage the stress. Like, oh, you know, this is hard right now, but you know, this isn't gonna last forever. Mm-hmm. You'll be finished in a couple of months. And that also just thinking positive thoughts um, and some, some, I guess, I mean, in a sense, it was meditation as well, because mm-hmm. I'm meditating on positive things. So that also helped me, um, helped me to deal with stress. And then going to church, mm-hmm. that always helps me. Yeah. Making sure that I read my Bible. Me personally, that's my faith. Yeah. Um, so I would do that as well. So. And we Those both were very intentional, like Wednesdays we knew we weren't writing because yeah. both of us would go to Bible study, you know, exactly. at our like own churches and use yeah. that as like also like the middle of the week kind of check in point, yes. you know, just to yes. recenter ourselves and like take your mind off of the like more tedious things and, and get the big picture or at least that's how right. I felt like I would get the big yeah. picture motivation that I would need um, in the middle of the week. So absolutely. Yeah midweek service was definitely mm-hmm. a must um so i think all of those things that you and i mentioned you know those are things that really helped us out during the doctoral process my last question is what advice do you have for ebony's who are feeling stressed in the workplace or um during the doctoral process or who are engaged in both what advice would you have for them oh my gosh well we did both which was just really hard um (laughs) um, most people will you know do one or the other they'll work for a little bit and then maybe choose to go back to school if they have the ability to do so or they'll you know not work full-time and just engage in the doctoral process fully until they're done and then go back to work um or even not um work until they get to the dissertation right exactly not work doing that yeah very true so people find ways around it we we're obviously um, out of our normal mental capacities and yes. decided to do both at the same time, full time. Um, so, I mean, obviously, my advice is one, make sure that you assess 
what is the best possible method and way for you to complete this degree? Like, do you need that break from working? Are you the type of person that you're not able to sort of balance all of those things at once? Then, you know, strategize. Like, how can I maybe get extra funding or whatever so that I can fully engage in this PhD process, get it done, and then get back to work, which is totally acceptable. Um, Or if you're the opposite, you know, are you giving yourself, you know, a three-year break to just work full-time, get some career experience under your belt? Maybe if you're working at a university to, like, be able to make sure that you get that um, employee tuition reduction. Um, And all of that is okay as well. And being able to then engage in the doctoral process at that time and like maybe leave the workforce for a little bit. So I think the first thing is just to see which method or which way of, of even going about it is going to be best for you. Um, if you decide to do both or either once you're in the doctoral process in general. Um, and again, I think we've talked about these like kind of through the blogs and stuff too, but you know, make sure that you have a support system, but make sure you also like, inform your support system of what the experience is going to be like for them so like you're going to miss some family gatherings or you're going to you know only be able to stay for a little bit or they're not going to understand why you have to go to the library every single day and so just like keeping them in the loop as best you can on what it's like without you know maybe boring them with what you're you're doing because a lot of times they're like oh that's really nice that you're working on your paper even though it's bigger than the paper right <laughs> right it's basically a book but you know um it's neither here nor there but um being yeah. able to you know just help them like help them help you like and, and we've talked about that before too like help them to know how they can best support you um And then I think the last thing is just being able to like be honest with yourself about what you can and can't do week to week. So, you know, some weeks I felt like I was extremely productive and there were some Uh weeks and I'm I'm saying weeks on purpose. I'm not just talking about days like there were Uh weeks where I was like nothing that you said you were going to do happened. So Uh then that's fine. I hope you enjoyed it but like you know <laughs> but next week what's the real plan now because you know you've lost a week and so um yeah. we and we were definitely we had a timeline for ourselves when when it got to dissertation proposal and dissertation time and so um you know we were very intentional about our timeline and so being able but we to we were not perfect though no we no not. no no we did not <laughs> no we had it planned out and you know, we did it for the most part, but there was a couple weeks, like yeah, you said, that some struggle we weeks. were supposed to do stuff and mm-hmm. it didn't done all the way necessarily. Nope. So, and that happens. That's life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that being able to accept that is probably one of the best things you can do is to recognize like there is no perfect way to get through this process. There's only your way to do it. And so some of those weeks will look really, really great and they may look perfect. And in some of those weeks, you're going to be like, I am a hot mess and this is mm-hmm. never going to get done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on those weeks is when you maybe need to close that laptop and reset and take you a little ride or go yes. do something that, you know, to check out. Because maybe at that point you've reached kind of a little bit of burnout and you need to uh-huh. be able to reset. So those would be the things that I would recommend, like, you know, just for somebody who is even contemplating going into um the process itself but then if you're already in it and maybe struggling definitely consider some of that 
I really like what you said about setting your own pace. I remember being in class and one of my professors was saying they stayed up for like two weeks and wrote their whole dissertation and I'm looking at him like what Mm -mm. like what do you mean (laughs) like he was like he stayed up and wrote it you know at a specific time and would be up like in the wee hours of the morning and I was like I just I'm thinking I'm inadequate because I'm like I can't do that but you have to like set your own pace like it's not for you you know to follow somebody else like everybody like you said everybody's experience should be personalized Mm -hmm. so if you can't do it in three years you don't have to if you can't do it in four years you don't have to they give you seven years for a reason five to seven years or four to seven years for a reason things come up and i would just like encourage people not to feel inadequate because their timeline is incomparable to somebody else's timeline Mm -hmm. um i think that's what stresses you out the most is hearing other people's stories and trying to keep up with other people's stories. Oh, yeah. Everybody's life doesn't mem- doesn't mirror each other. Everybody's mm-hmm. work, you know, their employment, their work-life balance. You know, you might have kids or you might have to take care of, you know, parents or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like to you. Um, you know, it just doesn't suit for everybody to have the same path. So I think for me, that's something that I had to reconcile with. Is that my process is not going to look like you know somebody else's process and I shouldn't judge myself and I should be kind to myself yeah um you know when things don't go necessarily as they should because we're humans and Murphy's law is real so you know things happen and we have to be flexible and we have to adjust accordingly um mm-hmm. I think I will also say you know in ink.com's um article said this is to make sure you take care of yourself I know I didn't eat the best. Um, I was eating chicken shack. Um, <laughs> like, I think I went like two weeks just eating chicken shack oh with like God. peach cobbler. <laughs> Their peach cobbler is everything. If you're from Baton Rouge, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Uh, chicken shack is so good. But that's not healthy. So I think in some in some ways my body kind of paid for it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get the exercise that I know I should have gotten. And I crashed afterwards. Mm-hmm. I crashed after my dissertation. I'm gonna lie to you. Like, I was like a zombie for like two weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always hard to do, but like, doing your best, like getting your veggies in, Doctor Pooh. Uh, I'm uh, saying it because she yeah. doesn't like vegetables. Yeah. I try to <laughs> encourage her to get vegetables, like drinking your green smoothies or your green juices or whatever. Ew. Um, just taking care of yourself, <laughs> drinking your water, Doctor Pooh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the process. Um, I'm throwing all the shade right now. I know shady <laughs> boots tonight. <laughs> um, just making sure that you take care of yourself and that you do schedule some form of self care. I mean, you can't just be like on vacation for a week, probably when you're going through the dissertation process. But mm-hmm. Planning accordingly, I think, is is super important. Yeah. So, those are things that I. Those are that's the advice that I would give somebody going through the process or thinking about the process or entering the process, making sure like that you're organized. And like speaking of organization, like even like you said, with the dates, mm-hmm. with your course plan, with your literature, you know, with whatever, whatever elements come with the doctoral process, just making sure like 
you know, you're organized and you know what's coming next because it will all come at you real quick and, you, and you'll feel overwhelmed and unbombarded because that's what the process does. But, you know, as best you can, like, being able to, I guess, like, navigate around that, mm-hmm. um, I think that helps to de-stress the situation. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we will have our signature segments, including Culture Corner, and then our our favorite, most favorite part of our podcast, which is Ebony's in the Spotlight. So, I'm excited because we have two people um, that are near and dear to us mm-hmm. that we'll be highlighting, so make sure that you come back after our break. We'll be back. signature segments um the first one is culture corner so this week we're gonna talk about dun, 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 um, <laughs> the whole debacle with brett kavanaugh mm. um and his confirmation hearings and just the 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 things that have been surrounding um the rumors that have been swirling and all of this and how um it really has put more of a spotlight um, on the Me Too movement and um, sexual assault mm-hmm. um, against, you know, women in this nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've been under a rock, then Brett Kavanaugh is Donald Trump's um, nominee for Supreme Court, um, for the empty seat in the Supreme Court. So he was accused by Dr. Christine Blaisley Ford um, first, she was the first accuser, and then three more people came forward: um, Deborah Ramirez and Julie Swetnick. And then a, a fourth person um, came forward through a letter. The letter remained anon- anonymous, but the mother of the fourth person sent a letter to um, Senator Cory Gardner, who is a Republican senator of Colorado, um, kind of detailing what his, what her daughter went through. Um, I believe she was a Yale student um, at the time, or either she was a Yale student or she went to some of the parties that Kavanaugh is now, you know, infamous for when he was um, in high school um, as a preparatory student um, about the things that happened and what he and his friends were doing um, at some of those parties while intoxicated. Um, so I just want to know your thoughts, Dr. Poole, about everything you know that it's come out so far um, um i almost <laughs> i almost just blurted out the word trash but i'm not gonna do uh, that. um you already said it now. yeah i know it's on there now it's recording so <laughs> um <laughs> i obviously you know it's somewhat disappointing in some ways because this isn't like a new discussion right so like even though 
this person, you know, is is maybe a, a new name that before all of this, people wouldn't have known who Brett Kavanaugh was. But um, this is not a new conversation around like sexual assault in, you know, not only sort of settings like, you know, high school parties or whatever, but also the workplace and, um, you know, a lot of folks have been also comparing this case to Anita Hill's story and like just this idea that this is becoming um, excusable behavior when it's just absolutely inexcusable. And so obviously the debate is about whether or not somebody who did something in high school, which is also, I mean, relative, right? Because we have people who are saying not only was it then, but there were other times since then right um and so then in that sense it's not questionable but you know like that's the debate basically that some people are using to sort of um dismiss what was done as saying like oh he was in high school and i saw a clip of a lady saying like what boy hasn't done that in high school and i was like several like several um and so you know it just says a lot about where we are like as a nation and politically and i mean in some ways though it also makes sense that this would even be a person up for such um one of the highest seats in the land when we have a president who's been accused of the same thing and nothing has changed as a result of of that either yeah several so it's just kind of it's disappointing but it's also you know old hat with it being something that has been going on for a very very long time and so at some point how do we figure out or when do we need to figure out that in order to change that we have to do things like vote and I mean now we are in October and like it's time for people to really rally around getting ready to vote next month and trying to make changes um, but also utilizing your voice to express your concern about these sort of things so as always, always, I think, start out saying, like, oh, I'm disappointed, but I'm really not disappointed. I'm more so, like, disgusted that we're doing, that we are at this point once again um, with a, a, a scenario that is not, it's not new. So my hope is that um, the voices of these women will remain validated and will um, continue to be, you know, rallied um, in order for us to make change that's necessary and and i think in order for us to really be you know this great america that people are saying we need to make great again um i think we're gonna have to make some real changes (laughs) i know you're laughing at me trying to be very diplomatic um very politically correct yeah so just you know giving giving room for change um, that you can believe in, if you remember that from 2008. Um, oh, and so just being, <laughs> just being able to, you know, really do what do what we say. Like, so, you know, all the voices of the people who are standing by, people like Dr. Ford and Ms. Ramirez, like being able to really uh, honor their sacrifice of like putting themselves out there um, in order to make sure that, you know, they are really they're like american patriots honestly uh-huh. like in that uh-huh. instance and so how do we acknowledge them and honor them is by going out and voting and not letting uh-huh. this we, us even get to this point anymore uh-huh. historically where 
you know, we're faced with something like this. So agreed. Oof. I think um, just watching like the confirmation hearings and all of that, um, it really disgusting was mm-hmm. the word that kept coming to my mind because I watched it live. Um, and just to see the cavalierness and the, the callousness of some of um, the senators on the Senate committee, it was just, it was, it was mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to see the response and knowing that your reactions and um, the things that you say are going to be seen by the American people and still being careless with your words um it disgusted me um it disgusted me how Kavanaugh um responded to a lot of the questions and how he was very um prideful um and very combative Mm-hmm. Um, versus being humble, um, he was very political. Um, it was just sad to see um, to me, and just the, the emotional intelligence that he did not display, and some of the senators did not display. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very interesting to see um, that these are the people who wield power in this nation, and um, some of their ideologies and. Um, things that they hold dear are not conducive to um, keeping keeping our our women safe in this country. Mm. I don't know. It's just very. I it shocked me, and I know that it shouldn't have because I know um, what state we're in as a country, um, mm-hmm. and I know who our president is. Um, and I know the things that men in power have been able to get away with, um, things that are just coming to light that have been happening before, you know, since the since the beginning of time, um, where women are um, preyed upon. But it was just it was sad to see it on a on a national scale to see so many people, so many women. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, the protests. And, you know, the I support and I don't care and he shouldn't be held to. It just, it, it was it was crazy to me. I, I, I can't even put it into words the way all of that made me feel. Um, and then to have this person, um, you know, be even in this position, like you said, to be able to attain, you know, the highest seat, one of the highest seats in the land. It's just that he wasn't stopped before then and even with the overwhelming evidence even with you know the um the victims putting themselves out in the national light to receive death threats and um you know to receive all kind of backlash and still stand there and say no i'm gonna stand here and speak in my truth um and for their feelings and you know their words and their experiences to be invalidated it was just it was a lot yeah, I know I just said a lot, but it, it disgusting was yeah. the word. Yeah. Um. Definitely. So I just think that, and I also what I also what it kept bringing me back to, um, was when the student Brock Turner at Stanford, um, 
he sexually assaulted a, a, mm-hmm. a girl who was drunk. Yeah. You know, the dumpster, by the dumpster situation. And what did he, did he serve any time or did he just get six months probation? Mm, I, I think he was in there for a little bit. I don't, but I don't think it was very long. No, um, I can't remember. I can't recall right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't remember. But the judge who got voted out mm-hmm. recently because the state of California did not appreciate how he handled that situation and mm-hmm. you know the narrative was you know i don't want this to ruin this young man this, this young man's life right but yet this this young lady's life is ruined forever um mm-hmm. so it just kind of reminded me of of some of the privileges that people in this country get to experience that others don't whether it be racially or um whether it be gendered or whatever um it's just interesting to me how things play out. And I, again, it shouldn't have shocked me, but it kind of did. Because you, you want to believe the best. And no matter how many times we make you disappointed by what goes on in politics, we we want better. We want change. Mm-hmm. We want, we we do want America to be great, but not in the way that um, some people see it as great or think greatness. What? what, you know, is, what yeah. they think greatness looks like yeah um so yeah mm. this is an ongoing story um so i just wanted to you know that's something that's really a hot topic right now yeah. so just want to hear your thoughts about that and just that's just an ongoing conversation um that needs to be addressed and we need to have with our young men and boys and mm-hmm. men in general i agree definitely so we've come to part in our episode where we want to acknowledge the great work that some of our Ebony's are doing um like I said we're super excited because we know these two people very well um our first Ebony in the spotlight is our friend and classmate former classmate um Jute Ma mm-hmm. um Jute is gearing up for her general exams um, she's gonna take them in like two days yay, yay. friend um so look Ethan and I know Jute um because we all got our degrees together mm-hmm. um our master's degrees in counseling so it's like full of black girl magic um <laughs> in our cohort <laughs> um so Jute is like a champion for like college access and school counseling um and she does so much um, in the state of Louisiana concerning college access um, and making sure, making sure our students get what they need so that they're prepared and informed for college in the state of Louisiana. So um, she enrolled in LSU's higher ed program a couple years back and she is gearing up to finish. Um, so she, again, is about to defend her generals. Um, by the time this comes out, she will have passed because I know she's going to pass yes. because she is awesome and she has my chair, who is also awesome. So I already know it's, it's already done. So congratulations in advance, um, Jute, for becoming a doctoral candidate. Yes. Um, and I talk to Jute all the time. She's such a sweet and humble person. Um, so we're like super excited to acknowledge you and. I'm looking forward to acknowledging, or we're looking forward to acknowledging, um, when you 
pass your proposals, mm-hmm. and when you pass, you know, you defend your dissertation successfully, and when you walk across the stage, we'll be there yes. for all. So congratulations. Yes, congratulations. You got this, girl. So you want to do our second one, Dr. Poop? Sure. So our other person is another dear friend of ours, Miss um, Teresia Greer. Um, who was recently promoted to Assistant Dean of Greek Leadership and Training um, at Louisiana State University. So um, we met T, or I did at least, originally met T when we were were all grad students um, at the time. She was a second year master's student. We were first years when I met her. Um, And back then, I mean, we were cool, but we weren't tight Uh friends. And over the Uh years just became close friends and so it's been really good just to watch her career advance and um she's so down to earth um and super relatable and i think um if you may already like follow her on instagram because she's pretty popular as the authentic home girl um (laughs) shout out to the authentic (laughs) home girl that's her favorite word authentic um and so she definitely though represents that like you know what you see is what you get with her and um Mm -hmm. you can appreciate that and so lsu um and their greek community is very very lucky just to have her Mm -hmm. because um she's just a boss at what she does around leadership around training around Mm -hmm. engaging um student leaders as well and so very very excited for her to get her just due after many years of hard Mm -hmm. work um and super super proud of her so still trying to like Get her to join the PhD gang, but it's cool. Uh. Yeah, that was like a shameless plug, Teresa. Yeah. Um, Just shout that. out to to my Sora Sora Greer. Um, that's my sans. So we call sans people who cross during the semester and the year that we cross. Um, so 2007. Um, but like she is well deserving, like you said, Doctor Poole mm-hmm. of that. And she's just real. She's just a real person. Like, you, you got to respect it. Like, she's everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's, like, my fitness inspiration. Oh, uh, my God. I know. I can't, like, I can't keep him. up. Can't keep I, up. You got that. Like, do it for all of us. Like, do it for, <laughs> do it for all, all of us while we stay home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do it for all of us. Like, I live vicariously through her, like, yeah. workout um, stories on Instagram <laughs> when I am on there. Because um, her gym stores are everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, like that's that's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, at LSU. Yes. At her age, like Definitely. as a black woman, that is phenomenal. Yes. Um, she's probably like the first black person to hold that. Is it? Uh, is she Dr. Poole? She could be. Um, I mean, the title itself was more so created. For her, as far for as like her, the Greek yeah. leadership part, so yeah, she definitely is the first person, she the first person um, to have that. And like, I mean, she again is true tale of what happens when you advocate for yourself and you know your worth, yeah. and you know you're able to build a relationship, a strong relationship with your supervisor, so that they also uh-huh. understand your worth. And so, definitely, just somebody you know to model yourself after or to. Um, you know, sort of watch their story unfold. And so mm-hmm. that's why we are so proud to know her, and but also just so proud of the work that we know she's going to continue to do because she's already done such a great job. So we're proud of both of y'all for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congrats, ladies. Congrats, ladies. Um, we are always rooting for y'all. So that's like super awesome. Yes. Um, don't you just love it? Like when your people like accomplish things, like it's just it. 
like stay shining like y'all make me shine by shining that's yeah, awesome like DJ Khaled <laughs> <laughs> why must you always why must you always um <laughs> so y'all Dr. Poole and I have like laughed in y'all's ears enough right. for today for the uh, night oh, right Seriously. we cut up today sorry okay. guys <laughs> <laughs> what we do um Mm -hmm. but we want to thank y'all for listening in um and just you know just supporting us we really appreciate y'all and we appreciate y'all letting us be silly Mm -hmm. and you know creating a space for us to you know navigate and to present our thoughts and dealing with our little quips and things like that like we just appreciate y'all for supporting us and tuning in um be on the lookout for our next episode or next uh blog or whatever content we have coming for every's in the ivory tuesdays um be sure to like follow and subscribe and make sure that you submit your fellow um ebony's in the spotlight accomplishments um we definitely want to not just spotlight our friends but we know that you all have awesome friends and you all are awesome people as well so Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we you know have the chance to acknowledge y'all because we're not always know as ebony's not every we're not always acknowledged in the way that we should or celebrated so right right so and no accomplishment is too small i think we know accomplishment is too small like anything if you finish writing your general exams like even if you haven't defended yet like tell us like we will shout you out like we understand how important it is if you finish your last class like when i finished my last class before writing my dissertation like I think I came directly to your office and was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> coursework, and I looked a mess because I have a picture, mm-hmm. um, showing like how much of a mess I looked. Oh but that was a big day for me. Yeah, it's a big. Or deal. even starting, it was just it's just a big day yeah. for me. So, no accomplishment, um, or no milestone is too small to be celebrated because we need that. Like, and that's motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you guys submit to us. Um, and we'll see you guys in in a couple of weeks um so again we appreciate y'all next week or in in two weeks will be episode 10 Um, Mm -hmm. we're gonna have something great for y'all so thank you for coming along for the ride yep and we'll see you next time back on the ebony's in the ivory podcast bye bye